Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. I'm Simon Rose, and now it's time for the Financial Outlook for Personal Investors. And I'm delighted to say I've been joined by Victoria Scholar, Head of Investment at Interactive Investor. We're going to look at the world of investment from a UK perspective. That doesn't mean we're staying in the UK. Um, Victoria, we have to talk about the um, extraordinary volatility of markets. So, so why are, are markets so volatile, and, and is it going to last? Because it's very difficult for investors to know what to, to do. Hey, Simon. Nice to chat to you again. Um, you know, we're coming off one of the best years in stock market history. And there's been a major change of tune at the start of the year. January has seen the worst start to the year for equity markets since the height of the financial crisis back in 2008. We've seen a huge surge in the VIX, Wall Street's so-called fear gauge, up by more than 80%. And it's essentially driven by a cocktail of uh, headwinds around inflationary pressures, central bank tightening, but also geopolitical tensions as well. So it looks like we're in for a pretty bumpy ride ahead. And that sort of luxury that we've had over the last 22 months, where we've seen uh, continued highs, that seems to be fading into the rearview mirror now. So Investors have got to be a bit more creative now, um, a little bit more tactical in terms of picking individual stocks rather than just necessarily buying the whole market to separate the winners from the losers. Okay. And clearly, inflation, which is a pressure not just here, but everywhere around the world at the moment, is a massive um, uh, influence. We want to know how the Fed are going to react and indeed how the Bank of England um, might react. Um, Many investors think they're slightly behind the curve. So what do we think is going to happen with both central banks? Well, we had the Fed central bank meeting this week, and essentially it said that it's standing ready to hike in March. That would be the first hike since 2018. Mm. There wasn't any mention of its $9 trillion balance sheet. This is all the asset purchases that it's accumulated um, since the start of the pandemic in terms of providing liquidity and support to the economy at a time of need. Um, But Fed Chair Jay Powell, he highlighted the underlying strength in the economy and the strength of the labour market as well. And to that extent, he almost signalled that he's ready to act. He's ready to push forward with tighter policy because the economy is strong enough. Of course, we're operating against this um, rising inflationary environment, something that we haven't really seen since the 1970s. US inflation's at a four-decade high, UK inflation's at a three-decade high. Um, So it looks as though we are moving from QE or quantitative easing to QT, which is quantitative tightening. So there's a major shift going on. And the big question is whether equity markets can continue to rise in a rising rate environment. And that's what we're yet to see. And of course, the big difference between 30 years ago and 40 years ago is that the world and individuals and governments and companies are all so much more highly indebted than they were last time. And and that's why we're seeing a big sell-off in the tech sector, because uh, that's seen to be one of the sectors with the higher levels of leverage. 
But what's actually happening is that we're getting indiscriminate selling across tech, regardless of their debt positions. So the Apples and the Microsofts that are very uh, strongly positioned in terms of their financials are getting caught up um, in this overall sell-off that's leaning towards more debt-heavy companies. We've also seen airlines sold off as well, also quite heavily indebted companies. And it's all about whether or not they're going to be able to service their repayments. You know, we're looking at potentially four to five rate hikes from the Fed this year, possibly three or four from the Bank of England that would take the UK base rate up to around uh, 1%. Still pretty low, but it's just what it signals. It's just this change in tune from the central bank. Markets have become addicted to cheap money for so long, and that punch bowl is being taken away. Uh, Apple, of course, notorious for having a massive cash pile. I mean, they have as much money as some small countries. Um, so it sounds as though what you're saying with, with tech is that canny investors, if they look for the stronger companies, they may be buying opportunities. Though it's always very hard to know how to value um, tech, particularly if there's a sea change away from that. And let's just pause for a moment, though, and look at the UK um, perspective. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Simon Rhodes. You're listening to the Financial Outlook for Personal Investors. I'm in conversation with Victoria Scholar of Interactive Investor. Um, so, Victoria, let, let's look at what we think might happen with currencies, particularly the pound on the dollar, because although we know many British investors tend to stay domestically, no matter what they're told about diversification, uh, it's still important how the pound actually does. So interestingly, there's always this correlation between a currency and its central bank action. So when the Bank of England hikes, the pound tends to appreciate or when the ECB hikes, the euro tends to go with it. But that dynamic is a lot more complex when it comes to the dollar, because um, not only is it correlated to um, action from the central bank, it's also a risk off a safe haven. So when there's when like the global economy is seen to be faring well, we might see higher interest rates underlying improving economic situation um, and you'd expect the dollar to strengthen but actually insofar as it signals a strong fundamental backdrop we might see investors looking to take on a bit more risk so moving away from the dollar instead now we saw a big bounce in the pound back in december when the bank of england hiked rates but just this week we've actually seen the pound retreat to a one month low against the us dollar after Powell's presser on Wednesday night, which basically signaled monetary tightening ahead. And that lifted the dollar. We also saw selling in equities. So there was this risk off sentiment that also supported the dollar. So both of those dynamics are playing into dollar strength for now. If we see further tightening from other central banks around the world, we might see flows away from the dollar towards other currencies instead. Of course, a stronger pound doesn't necessarily help many of the companies in the the FTSE. Um, they often do well when the pound's actually weak, of course. But let's talk, just talk about the, the UK market. We know the, the FTSE has, has underperformed for quite a, a while, but I've seen reports from at least two American banks saying now that they feel that the UK market is cheap in uh, international terms. 
Yeah, it's really interesting because it's been the US equity market that's been really in favour among investors, rightly so, for a number of years now, with the S&P continuing to reach fresh highs. But now we've seen that market breadth come down. So what was driving the uptrend at the back end of last year was just a small number of stocks. And those were mainly in the tech sector. Now those are starting to fall out of favour. We're looking towards assets further afield. Investors are looking towards the UK, which, of course, has been shunned by international investors for quite a while now post-Brexit. We're also looking at Japan, potentially, which is starting to look quite attractive. It's got a strong underlying economy. It's an economy that's been grappling with deflation for a really long time. So the prospect of a bit of inflation actually is quite positive for the Nikkei. Um, And, you know, it's got its COVID situation under control. It's got high vaccination rates, low COVID rates. Also, China arguably underperformed last night, last year, certainly did in terms of its equity performance um, versus the US and its loosening monetary policy, which goes against that shift towards tightening. And, you know, if the authorities refrain from heavy handed intervention, we could potentially see Chinese equities catch up as well. So certainly there's this theme that investors are starting to look beyond the US elsewhere to the UK uh, and other geographies to find more attractive valuations. Which could benefit the UK UK market. So it, should investors actually worry about volatility, just try and look look through it? Um, one of the problems always is that by the time private investors actually react to what's going on, they're probably a bit late anyway. And there is, a, of course, a tendency to panic, no matter how long term people tend to think their horizon is. When markets suddenly tumble out of bed, or indeed rise incredibly sharply, there's always a tendency to want to do something. Yeah, it's all about sort of um, sentiment towards the market and trying not to get emotional when it comes to trading and investing. Um, You know, this price moves that we've seen lately has served as a reminder that markets go down as well as up. We've had this luxury of rising markets for 22 months now. It's actually not normal. We're seeing a healthy correction, a normal re-rating. So although volatility can be unsettling, it can provide significant investment opportunities. Um, I saw the big name investor, Bill Ackman, he's buying Netflix shares, for example. The best investors see these periods as shares on sale. The stocks that you wanted last week, last month, are now 5, 10, 15% cheaper. If your fundamental view on this company remains unchanged, why is this not a good time to buy? Arguably, at the same time, you know, if you've got some stocks that you're not sure about in the portfolio right now, maybe it's time to have a a little look. Do a bit of moving around. Sell those stocks that don't necessarily deserve pride of place in the portfolio anymore. Thank you very much indeed. Good moment to end. I've been in conversation with Victoria Scholar, Head of Investment at Interactive Investor. That was the financial outlook for personal investors. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio.